right now on Higher Journeys with Alexis Brooks. Hi, everyone. Alexis Brooks here from Higher Journeys. So glad that you could join us today. Well, I have to say that I am still a little emotional, maybe a little bit more than a little about the conversation that we just wrapped up uh, on our latest episode, what you're about to see with none other than Reverend Michael J.S. Carter. You all uh, that have been watching the channel for some time, I'm sure know uh, Michael's great work, not only uh, having been on our show several times, he's also one of the original uh, cast members for uh, the show Ancient Aliens. So delighted to have him on today. Because we're talking about a subject that I know is near and dear to many of the journeyers out there, many people out there who are now coming forward, wanting to dig in more to their own very, very nebulous and bizarre contact encounters. Yes, ET contact encounters. You always have to take a a deep breath before you even approach a conversation like this because there is such a broad spectrum of dimensions, literally as well as figuratively, as to what may be going on. I'm emotional because Michael, in our talk you'll soon see, uh, broke down after um, being so incredibly courageous and and transparent in sharing uh, his initial set of experiences. He's been an experiencer, I always put in quotes, recalled experience since 1989. And he's going to share that experience with you. Um, so many feelings still, uh, I think, unresolved with Michael, as well as many people that are trying to reconcile, not just the validity of the experience, but the purpose of the experience, the context of the experience. Where are we going here? I am doing this show for everybody out there who feel that they're having experiences and do not know what to do with them. This is a very important show, I think, uh, to do at this time, because I am hearing from more of you that are looking for answers as to what the heck is going on with their own encounters, whether benevolent or not so friendly, at least that's how they're perceived. Anyway, let's get on with the show. I know you're going to love it. And uh, I I do want to uh, remind you, uh, if you don't know already, uh, that we do have a Patreon after show and we're going to take the conversation even deeper over there. We got a lot, a lot of goodies going on for you uh, with this particular episode with Michael. So without further ado, let's get to the show. My interview with experiencer Michael J.S. Carter. Reverend Michael J.S. Carter, what a pleasure and an honor always to have you grace our presence. Michael and I were just talking offline journeyers and I said to him, now, look, this is a big show uh, because we're going to be talking about the experiencer. I don't do I call it syndrome. I don't know what to call it, but the the intensity and the urgency of people who are having have had, continue to have contact encounters. I don't know about you, Michael, but they've been coming to me lately in droves, wanting to talk, wanting to understand, wanting resolution, Mm -hmm. resolution. And so journeyers, Mm -hmm. I thought that this would be the time like no other to have uh, Reverend Carter on to give us his take on the experience. He is an experiencer. He's been very transparent about it, although 
He doesn't talk about that on Ancient Aliens. He is sort of in another capacity there, but he's going to talk about it here. He's going to talk about it here. We're here for you. I want you to know that first and foremost. Michael, welcome back, sir. How you doing? Oh, Alexis, I've been looking forward to this. I'm doing great. Uh, you know, just, you know, doing the parent thing and uh, watching my daughter grow up. Churches, you know, we're at low numbers because of Delta variant and, you know, but but we're, we're up and we're, we're moving and, you know, life is good. I can't complain. I'm I'm always happy to talk to you and I haven't seen you in so long. So um, thanks for having me on and letting me talk about this. It's my pleasure. Oh, I want to say something you may not remember, but you said uh, a year ago, you said, Michael, I believe that there are people who are having these experiences and they don't even know it. Mm-hmm. That's correct. And and we were like, you know what? I mean, I was like, yeah, yeah. But we didn't go into it then because that book wasn't written. And But there are people out here who go, man, am I crazy? Or did that just happen? So, you know, you put the seed there. Um, and that's part of the book, as you know, it's for people not only who've had them, but who think they've had them. Mm-hmm. Uh, these experiences or for loved ones who've had it. But I think it's much more, as you said last year, uh, whatever the data is of people who say, I've had these, I think you can put that on steroids. Agreed. And the book that he's mentioning, folks, is his brand new release that I'm so excited about called Initiation, the Spiritual Transformation of the Experiencer. I put that uh, subtitle in bold. Here I go again, journeyers, the voice. I don't know what's happening here. I put that in bold, that subtitle, because I think that should be the crux of what we're talking about. Obviously, the the contact uh, experience is transformational in and of itself, but it seems to beget an even bigger transformation, readjusting to the world that we know as, quote, normal. So I want to get into that. But let's, as I say, begin at the beginning. (laughs) <laughs> You've told this story before, and I i can't recall whether you shared it with our audience or not, but I think it, it, even if you did, it would be worth repeating. As an sure. experiencer, I want you to give us the impetus or your initiation into your first, I'm going to say in quotes, recalled experience, recalled yeah. experience that happened yeah. back in 1989 after returning oh from a 10-day vacation with your then-girlfriend in Mexico. Yes. Take yes. it away, Michael. Tell tell the folks what happened to you, if you could give us kind of the condensed version. Okay. The condensed version is this. Um, we were in uh, Cancun, and um, we wanted to go to Chichen Itza and Tulum on the Yucatan to see the pyramids and all the Mayan, uh, uh, you know, pyramids and that kind of stuff. And um, remember, I'm uh, backstory is, you know, I'm... I'm, I've broken away, obviously, from my Baptist upbringing, and I'm reading existential philosophy. I mean, I'm, I'm doing my journey. But I never watched a Star Trek up until then, and I did not believe in this. And uh, I just, I have to give that backstory. Um, and so we went. And uh, uh, it was wonderful. It was, you know, I just to see the the pyramids, and just to know about this civilization. Very advanced, but that's, you know, we, all these civilizations were very advanced. So anyway, we come back, 
to JFK. And my girlfriend, Sandy, at the time said, I'm going to stay home. It was cold. We got back. It was 85, 90 degrees. I wanted to glow. And I was nice and coppery, my hair. I wanted to glow. So some <laughs> friends had invited me uh, to a get-together down in Hell's Kitchen um, on, on 40, 46th and 44th and 10th. And so I went. And it was cold, but still, my ego, I just want people to say, ooh, wow, look. So I went, and no adult beverages were served. I, I had probably too many deviled eggs because that's my, one know, of my vices. I know. Woo! And uh, <laughs> uh, it's worth the box, the, the bottle of Tums afterwards for me. Anyway, so um, I came back home, and I was there about 90 minutes. And I, to this day, I, I don't know whether I, uh, you know, had to, to get up and go to the bathroom or whatever, but I sleep on my stomach, which I know is not the best. And I turned around and there was a being at the foot of my bed. And I, I can't tell you the fear. Okay, I mean, and Sandy could not wake up. And since I've written a book and talked about this, she has since recalled, she said, Michael, I remember there were these shadowy beings in the room with these big heads. She said, but that's all I remember. And she said, I just felt like I just had to go to sleep. But anyway, um, this being was about maybe four feet tall. Uh, uh, the jumpsuit, it was a jumpsuit, and it looked like Reynolds wrap. I, re I remember that. And this is the 15th floor of the Excelsior Hotel, which is still there on the Upper West Side, 45 West 81st Street, between Columbus Avenue and the park, right across the street from um, uh, the planetarium. So it wasn't in some rural little area. This was in a crowded city. And I, uh, I, I, I was just so scared. And the being had... Uh, was 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 chalk white, with the big bulbous head and those eyes, and real real thin. And behind him was or her was a this individual. I don't know what sex it was. Was a cobalt like a deep blue, almost like the blue of my book. And on side of, outside of that was um, white. My whole apartment, our whole apartment, it was lit up like Times Square. And I've gotten a fetal position and I pulled the covers up over my head. Sandy didn't budge. She was asleep. So she stayed yeah. asleep. Yeah, 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 yeah. She said a couple of weeks ago when, when the book came out, she said, I remember it. Now, she said, I saw these shadowy beings, but the, there was something in my head that just said, go to sleep. So she, she was, saw them. How did she see them if she was asleep? She said that before, when I got up, it, it, it you know, she, she felt me moving around. And she said, I saw these shadowy beings with these heads, but the normal reaction would be probably like I did to sit up on your bed. She went to sleep, mm -hmm. which is not a normal reaction. Well, it, you, you hear this a lot, actually, where the partner... I mean, not well, unless they put something on her to say, why don't you just, this is not for you. I don't know. But she said, I saw, but she, did, she said, I couldn't do anything but go to sleep. So I pull the covers up over my head. And I hear this, whoosh, like this wind, whoosh, 
blowing and the temperature has changed in the room and I think I'm outside. I think I'm outside. It's like it's freezing. When I pull my covers down, Mary Dog barked. It was like nothing ever happened. And when she got up and she said, I remember you, she said, I've never seen you so afraid. And that was December 28th, 1989. And then you know, that was that's just the truncated version. They kept coming twice a month, every full and new moon for about that. eight months or 12. And it was interesting because Sandy worked at night. She had a job. She was she was an entertainer. So her club dates were at night. And so they would come almost a good year. And in between that time, I had seen them. I mean, they weren't gray. They were chalk white, but we wouldn't call them. The phenotype is like, and I saw reptilians on two occasions. And only later on when I moved here did I see the Nordic brother and that, um, the, the Arcturian, the blue person and the praying mantis. But in there, because it was interesting when I talked to my friends in Europe, when I was telling them about this, they said, oh, we don't really see them. We, we see the blonde blue eyed people. I said, well, I don't see them over here. And then of course, years later, I did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They, they, they were the ones who healed my blood clot. Right. We're going to get into that. Yeah. yeah we're going to we're going to yeah, get into they, that. They, they hooked that up really nice. That's that's a fabulous story. Here's a question I have for you. Well, let's stay on the 1989 experience because I'm again I'm calling this your first recalled experience. Yeah. Do you feel Michael? Now look at where you had just come from. Not just Mexico, but the Mayan pyramids. Do you feel, have you ever explored the thought that something may have happened while you were in the proximity of that mm-hmm. very powerful area, even subliminally? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thoughts on that. that. What are your thoughts I, on that? I thought about that. You know, <clears throat> pardon me, Alexis, I, you know, with this type of material and with this, anything is possible. Mm-hmm. All I know is that things that I never even gave, even thought about. I started thinking, I started changing. Um, um, Physiologically, my hair grew faster, my nails grew faster. I got by on less sleep. Um, Something was softened in me. I was more willing to be vulnerable. There was a depth to me. Now, that wasn't like I wasn't working towards that before, but before this happened, you know, I was an actor in New York. You know how that goes. I was drinking and sexing and drugging, and I was having a grand time. And then this happened, and the brakes got put on. Uh, and I had several other times where I, not anything like this, where, you know, I, I, I you know, life was warning me, you're going to do something stupid to yourself if you're going to keep partying like this. But this put the brakes on, and no, no one ever said to me, this is, you shouldn't be doing this. It was that it just gradually came to me, like, is this, what you really want to do? You know, is this what you really think you're here for? And I and I jokingly say to my friends, I went to New York thinking I was going to be Denzel Washington. Mm-hmm. And I wound up going to seminary, even though in some ways that was not totally unexpected. Mm-hmm. But my whole life changed. And but I saw my experience as positive overall. And that's when I met Bud and 
John Mack and well, let's and talk Oak about that. Oak. Let's let's talk yeah. about that because I know that there's a lot of moving parts to your story. Let's talk about Bud because yeah. I want to get into yeah, the merits Bud. of therapy of hypnotherapy. Oh. Tell us how many times did you meet with him? I met Bud Hopkins, by the way, twice, and I met with Jean Mundy the first time. I met with her twice. Jean Mundy, I found her name in a book called Encounters by Dr. Edith Fiore. Mm-hmm. And in the back of the book, you know, there's all this, all these folk all over the country who were doing mental health stuff and they were working with experiencers. Um, and that, and it was, it was two, it was a woman named Aphrodite Claymar and there was Jean Mundy. And it was my bias. I, I was in such bad shape mentally that someone named Aphrodite, I know it's the Greek goddess, I just couldn't handle that. It just didn't seem grounded enough for mm-hmm. me. And I hear she's wonderful at what she does. But where I was, I needed to be grounded. So it was Dr. Jean Mundy. She had an office in Long Island and one on East 13th Street in the village. Mm-hmm. I went there. I still have the cassette tapes back there of me screaming at the top of my lungs. But wow. during the regression. Um, but <laughs> it, she let me know that... I wasn't crazy, which I thought I was. I was not sleeping. Um, You know, I still have some post-traumatic stress. It takes me, I'm better, but I still have to wait. I still have to wait before I'm ready to go to sleep, before I turn the lights out. Mm -hmm. My daughter sleeps with her blinds open. For some reason, that bothers me. And so I keep my blinds closed as if they're not, as if that's going to keep them from coming. But it does give me, but probably about two, three years ago, I just started being able to do, I would keep the light on uh, before I turn, okay, I'm I'm at alpha, beta, I'm going to go to sleep, let me turn it off. Because it's for me, they appear in my room, it's the bizarreness of how these folk look. Yeah. Yeah. But it's also... They're there. It's like if I, I could be looking here and let's say I turn over and they're like there and my heart feels like it's going to come out of my. That's what gets me. And I can't get around that. That there's if, if when you go to bed tonight, all of a sudden I transport myself into your room. I look like a human, but your doors are locked. Your bed, you know, how the hell did you you know what I mean? It, right. it, 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 your nervous system gets absolutely you i was flooded you're bringing up you're going to the heart of the matter man and i'm so glad you are i want everyone who is listening and i know there are people watching right now michael that are nodding their head going yes oh my god me too this is so important that we share that we are not having these experiences in isolation there there are a variation but the the general consensus is the same holy shit right yeah Tell us about, I want to get into the, because I think regression therapy is something that I'm sure many of you are familiar with, but I want to get your thoughts on, give us a little summary of what happened with, let's go to Bud, and then I want to ask you about your thoughts on regression therapy. Okay, Uh, what uh, happened? Bud was was great for me, and and, and Gene Mundy was great as well. But I had never been to Bud, and remember, because people will say, "Well, Michael, these these hypnotherapists are in a book on experiencers." Mm-hmm. 
so as if that would be kind of like an advantage or what, you know, ever. But I wanted to go to someone who kind of knew. But I had never been to. Bud and I saw the world very differently, but we were good friends, I'd like to think, because he would invite me by and that kind of thing. But Bud thought that this was no good, that these folks were up to something. I know. And I was more in John Mack's camp. And the thing with Bud is that, to my recollection, Bud never asked me a leading question. Bud just went with me as the living data in front of him. And and I went really deep with Bud. And he was the one who came up with, we touched on it with Gene Mundy, but that time that I was out, that I thought I was outside, I was outside. I was on their ship. I was outside. But this I is another experience, though. This is another encounter, correct? Oh, remember, remember the, the original encounter when I said I heard that wind blowing and I got in the feet of this and the temperature changed? Okay. He said the temperature changed was because you were, you did go outside. I see. Okay. See, I, I always... never even thought of that. I so... never even thought of that. I, and, you know, because people say, well, did they tell you something? Did they talk to you? For me, I'm so busy trying to heal this shattered reality I'm not even thinking about, well, where are you from? What's your name? How'd you get here? I'm on survival because it's high strangeness. You know, and, and I know there are some people who have the presence of mind or maybe uh, maybe the star people, call, you know, don't get weird, just calm down. We're not going to hurt. Maybe they had that. I don't recall that. And so I was just in survival. And then when they kept coming, but that was the thing with Bud. Bud, I knew where Bud stood before I went under with Bud, mm-hmm. but none of that came up. It wasn't, you know, in my recollection, he wasn't leading me. Was this a bad thing? None of that. He was very professional. He was very professional. And I woke up from there like I did with Gene Mundy to a degree. I felt cleansed. It was like peeling the onion more, a little more, a little more. And, and, and I want to be clear, there are folk, as you and I know, who didn't have my experience. Some people had it even more than me where it wasn't fear. It was, okay, but I, I know there are people who had sperm taken, ovum taken, you know, anal probe. I believe that's real, and I'm not saying that didn't happen. I know it's happened with some folk, and I met them in Bud's group. But what I am saying because it's very human that we paint everybody with a broad brush. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying that my experiences, even though 20 some years later, I still got a little twitches and whatnot, that I felt that my life got better, my spirituality was accelerated, even though I was already on that path. And that overall, outside of the birth of my daughter, it's the most important thing that's happened in my life. But it took you a long time to get there. It sounds like this. You talk about peeing the, pe- peeling the layers, peeling the layers off of the onion. And this is this is what I want, Michael, our audience that find this conversation applicable to their own lives to understand that there is no 
I'm glad you said one size fits all. This cannot be painted with a broad brush. And yes, there are some common threads. Let me ask you about this. When it comes to hypnotherapy, based on your experience and others that you've talked to, or regression therapy, I should say, with all of the people that are grappling with something weird going on in their lives, is this something, regression therapy, that you would recommend? I would. I would. To everyone? Are there certain types of people that wouldn't benefit and it could hurt? I just want to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, I, I think it could. I, I think that you have to be prepared, um, <clears throat> pardon me, that you got to say whatever comes up, I, I need to deal with. You got to be prepared to do that because if you're not prepared to do it, you know, you don't want to do it because now you've opened up a box and you can't put the lid back on. That's so right. I would say... I would refer people ask me, um, and I put a couple names in the book, but if I know, so I know some people who do past life regression, something where you can be relaxed and, you know, go to a different state of consciousness. You trust that person. They know what they're doing. Um, I think that can be healing uh, because you, your sanity's on the line. You know, I, I mean, I thought I was crazy. And and the hits just kept on coming, and I wasn't sleeping, and and you know it was catching up with me. I started healing after that, playing with all these energies, because uh, I liked that, you know, and and it was great. My life was changing, but you know you got to sleep. You have to sleep, or else you, got, you can't you function. Eat. Yeah, you have to function, and you have to, you know, I had to go to work, and uh, and I was, you know, who are you going to talk to about this? I'm not going to talk to my church about it. Well, I want to talk about that because, because at some point it came. Yeah. Tell us uh, what happened. You know, Tell us what happened there. Oh, um, boy, you're bringing up some stuff for me. <laughs> Sorry. It's for the journeyers. It's the thank you for this, by the way. So anyway, I, I was telling a friend of mine. Um, I was going to Boston to do some anti-racism training. And uh, I remember, I, I, I won't mention her name, she had a, a, a purple Jeep. And we were riding and it was, I said, I've never seen a purple Jeep. And I, I felt close to her. She was a minister, a good friend. And and I told her what happened. And um, And she said to me, Michael, I believe that's possible. She said, but if you ever want to have a um, career in this denomination, you must never tell that story again. And so I didn't. And then when I got this gig, when I'm serving this congregation here now, this was several years ago, though, there was a woman there and she's very difficult and we've healed a little bit. I just saw her a couple of weeks ago, um, but she wanted me fired. Because she said, I turned on the TV and my, my pastor's talking about little green men, which that's not what I was talking about. And she said she was embarrassed about it. And she was giving much money to the church. So I didn't know which way this was going to go. And we met uh, my board and she came in and I tried to talk to her. Um, <laughs> and luckily they stood up for me. They said, A, he doesn't preach it from the pulpit. So he's not forcing this on us or you, and he may be right. But I don't understand what, why we need to go to this extreme. 
So I will always thank them for that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. And, you know, uh, and, you know, that was my livelihood. She was trying to get me fired. Um, but I just, I'm a little emotional. I just never thought, I mean, I thought I had healed some of that. But obviously, it's still, some of that's still there. But anyway. Um, Thank you. I hope I so, didn't put you on the spot. No, I just, no, it's okay. I just didn't know where that came from. I thought that was pretty much out. Um, well, can, can I stop you? Take, take a breath for a minute. Take, I want you to take a breath. Take a, take a little time out so I can say, because I'm going to start getting emotional because this is an emotional issue. This is why I felt it, intuitively it was time to have this kind of a conversation and this depth because I know as sure as I'm sitting here and looking at this camera that many of you that are listening don't know what to do and you don't know how needed and necessary you are, Michael, to be able to at a minimum let people know you know they say misery loves company we're not talking about misery we're talking about the ability to relate you are helping enormously thank you i love you by the way i love you i'm gonna stop i love you i'm sending you a hug oh we're both kind of on the edge of tears today (laughs) you know it's mutual yeah no i haven't had this reaction i remember I try to be composed, even I'm doing memorial services, whatever. Not that I'm I'm in touch with my feelings. But, you know, we're doing a radio show. But I remember when I went to Bud's and Bud had me get up in front of these people. And uh, most of them did not. I mean, I told them I would. You know, they didn't have my experience. But they listened. And uh, I thought I was kind of over it. And I started crying in front of them. So this that it just brought me back. Like where did all I thought where did that come from? But anyway, I uh, yeah, you know, like I said, I I, mean, I wouldn't trade it. Um, my outside of my daughter's thing my coming into the world, this is up there. But I do, you know, you you the thing I think that people you you have to go you have to integrate. You got to go back to work. Uh, uh, you got if you're in a relationship, you got to deal with your spouse, your lover, your your husband. You 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 know you've got to function on this planet, even though part of you is in an otherworldly place. It's, it's the same thing with people who have NDEs or OBE. You know, if you haven't had that experience, it's hard to get people to kind of know. And so I bring this up with very few people. It's kind of open secret. I mean, here we are. Um, and, and plus now it's so integrated, I don't have to talk about it. I know some people that's all they can talk about, mm-hmm. and it's kind of ruined our friendship because there's more there's other things in life. Absolutely, agreed. But the big thing is to, um, you know, my my daughter. Uh, let me tell you something. I told you this. I'll tell you this now. I don't. I'm not going to bring her too much into this because she's got her own private life. She's 15, uh, but I may have told you this uh, about a year ago. I would take you around my apartment, but anyway, it's a two-bedroom, two-bathroom. My daughter got up. I got up one morning, and my daughter said to me, Daddy, where'd you go last night? And I said, what are you talking about? She said, I got up around 3 o'clock, which is when most of my 
between three and four thirty, three and five, but mostly around three. I wake up at three three fifteen anyway. I don't know whether that's a condition response or whatever. Common, very and, common. Yeah, and she said, "You, I walked around the house and you weren't here." I said, "Sweetheart, I'd never leave you here by yourself." She said, "Well, I came in here. There was a light shining through the window. There was a light shining through the window in your bedroom." And she said, and your 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 bedclothes were just pulled back and folded. And I said, Kevin, I swear to God, baby, I would not do that. And she said, Well, I don't know. I thought I saw the full moon. And then Don, I said, Kevin, there was no full moon last night. There was no full moon last night. Mm-hmm. And she said, Then you, did your friends come? I said, I guess so. And then we just left it. Just as you were saying that, a blue jay came right to my windowsill. Oh, oh, okay. Oh, a blue jay. Blue. Yes. Okay. You've told me that story before. We just talked yeah. about it not that long ago. Getting back to the response, just the things that you're discovering are happening, still discovering and still trying to process. The idea of feeling out of control has got to play such a big part that I know many people can relate to. How big of a part did that play for you? We are living at a time of great challenge and incredible opportunity. A time when taking life into our own hands, charting our own course, and finding our own answers is more accessible than ever before. During this time, you may be asking yourself, what am I called to do? What if I could discover not only my own inner healing power, but help others all over this planet discover theirs? We all have the ability to heal ourselves, but it takes a special approach, a unique approach. Quantum Healing Hypnosis Technique, also known as QHHT, a method developed by pioneering hypnotherapist and past life regression expert Dolores Cannon, is the approach that thousands have used and taught to access the deeper aspect of the self for healing at the core level. We all have the ability to tap into the higher self, the oversoul, the higher consciousness, and we have the means to help others to do the same. QHHT is designed to help the individual access the subconscious, the storehouse of all information through visualization at the deepest level imaginable, a process that Dolores Cannon discovered and refined during her decades of working with individuals from around the globe. Training with QHHT will provide the guidance and give you the tools to help others tap that incredible force within. Now, you can access this exclusive training online, bringing the tools needed right to you, so you can assist others in finding their own answers and achieve total healing. This is powerful and needed now more than ever. Be a part of the pioneering work and legacy of Dolores Cannon by learning QHHT. Start today by clicking on the link in the description of this show to get started. And when you do, don't forget to mention Higher Journeys to get a 10% course discount when you sign up. It's time we all take back control of our lives and chart the course for success at every level. It's time to discover the power of quantum healing hypnosis technique by helping others to help themselves. And by doing this, we are helping to heal the world. Listen, I was uh, between that and my church work, you know, dealing with death and dealing at the, I mean, I was putting away quite a bit of alcohol. And I wasn't even aware of it until at that time, my then time father-in-law, in a nice way, because meanwhile, I'm drinking scotch with him, 
But he said, "Where you? who's helping you? And he was very subtle in a way. We was in drinking scotch. And but he didn't know about this. But yeah, it was out of control. I needed to calm down. Hmm. I needed to be centered. But I, you know, I did the meditations that helped. You know, I, I, I was intentional about that. I had some support. I started meeting people who either had that experience mm -hmm. or knew people who did. Um, and, you know, the, 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 the book, right book came my way, the right person came my way, but it was part of the path. And then some years would go by and I wouldn't hear from them at all. Maybe in a dream. I'd see him, or maybe in my meditation. But, and you know, it's that kind of, the very thing you're fearing is the very thing you're longing for. And I missed them. And, uh, and then a friend of mine said to me, you got a lot going on in your life right now. That could be a distraction. And I thought you're right, but maybe, but I also felt that I, they nudged me on the path I needed to go. And I was doing what I needed to do. And they were like, He'll find his way for now. Just, just leave him alone for a minute. Mm -hmm. That's that's how I felt. Because there were at least two, two and a half years. Because when I saw them, I saw them. Like they touched me. It wasn't like, well, you know, I was in this meditative thing. No, they were in my Physically. Home. Physically. Yes. yes. Let me ask you a question. Oh, yeah. And this is really more or less surface. And they would walk through the wall. That's like what I was going to ask you. They would walk right through. And I'm telling you, that is a heart stopper. When you're home by yourself and you're trying to get some rest, I mean, what do you, I, I don't know. When, I used to get insulted when people say, well, why didn't you ask them where they were from? Well, what's happening in the world? I, I'm just, somebody just walked through my wall, man, and told me, don't be afraid, which is easy for them to say. And they look weird to me. Now, I love them, but they're not all, look, you know, they look a little different. A little. They look different. You said something to me a couple of years ago, I think at this point, when in one case you were describing their movement uh, almost like a gliding, but very, very odd. And I think I said back to you, I'll never forget Billy Carson, a fellow colleague. This is not the crux oh, yeah, of his yeah. work. But yeah. when he, I believe it was the first show he did with me on my show, I, I asked him to tell his story. And he did. And he broke down in tears when he started recalling him sitting in his living room. These two beings walked through a wall and you. glided toward him. And all of a sudden, the room turned into this purple haze, sort of lavender, lavender slash purple haze. And I thought it was a prank. I thought my kids were playing a prank on me or something. <laughs> so I turned around and looked upstairs to my left over my left shoulder to to tell my son what are you you know what are you doing stop it or whatever um and nobody was there when i turned my head back around two gray aliens were right in front of my face within inches of my face uh and, and i was horrified they had these very dangly arms uh that looked very weak uh and their face were these big huge almond eyes but it had this web pattern over the black part of the almonds this was the weirdest part of the whole thing. They really didn't walk. Let's get a little choked up now because it's so weird, you know? Um, yeah, then take your time. Take your time. Yeah, they really don't walk. They kind of dangle, 
you know, it's very strange how they how they um, move. It, it's a, it's not a gate like a human gate where you would walk, you know, heel toe heel toe. Mm-hmm. They really kind of um, dangle, uh, almost like if we were on the moon and we had less gravity or something. I don't know. It's very strange. It mm-hmm. was almost a dangle, and they literally just walked right through the wall. Yeah, they don't walk. It was at that they, point. It was at that point that he broke down. Just the feet are just above. The, it's weird. It's very weird. I've heard this before. It. it you'd have to see I have not I don't believe that my set of experiences have the same criteria but you haven't been regressed but I well I have Mary Rodwell well that's another story for another day okay not a full-on regression in the way that you're discussing yeah I'm telling you there's stuff that will come up that you have I'm sure where did that come from when did you discover that let's go back a little bit because there's so many little little big areas I want to go to when you were feeling the whoosh and the cold and discovered that indeed you were taken on board, at what point did you realize, was was it a, obviously a regression, with whom was yeah, it with? Yeah, I didn't realize it for years until Bud. For years later. I, I'm sorry, we touched on it a little bit with um, Dr. Mundy because I said I was, uh, I was on a table and there were folk around me and they were kind of touching, you know, I didn't, nothing invasive. And all these, they, they were like looking at me like I was, you know, but but there, but there was, um, you know, when, when I did calm down, you know, there was a familiarity to them. Like, like you know, don't you remember us? Nobody said that. But you felt it. But they, you know, it's like, don't get weird. You know us, just chill. But I, I don't remember that, how many lifetimes ago that was. And so, um, but Bud and I went deep into it. And I remember uh, the, um, you know, just, you know, it was, it was a cold, it was sterile-like, and it was no corner. That, that I remember, that, that when I was looking up, it was like, it was big. And, oh, I just lost my train of thought. It was big. And there was, uh, like, there's no, you know, you, you, you're like, well, like right here, there's a light shining down. I didn't see any. I, I was like, how is this room lit? How, how, how is this? There are no windows. How is there a light in here? I mean, you know, you just think about it. I didn't dwell on that. But I'm trying to take in the sights. I'm trying to take in uh, who these folk are. And the whole time, I wish I could play you the tape. I was just screaming. I was—I mean, I, I would be embarrassed, but uh, yeah, just screaming. Ah, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, but when I left Bud, when I walked out of his place on 16 West 16th Street, you know, I just felt it was almost like when you go to a sweat, you go to a Native American a sweat, sweat lodge. Yeah, yeah, and you come out and you are. Whew, I needed to get that out. I needed to get that out. How many times did you go? Because this isn't a one shot I went to deal. Bud twice and I went to um, Dr. Gene Mundy twice. And after that, I was in the regular therapy because my family of origin stuff, there was codependency and that kind of stuff. So I went to a guy who was a trained therapist. He was a student of A Course in Miracles. Well, that was his spiritual path. And uh, 
he was a trained gestalt therapist, which I needed because I get to get with your feelings. Mm -hmm. And I told him about it, and he didn't blink. He didn't. Send, he just said, "Okay, just just talk about that." See, that's what I needed. Mm -hmm. I needed. They call it in chaplaincy a non-anxious presence. Like if I walk into a room and the patient is dying and the family is around and they're going through their thing, non-anxious is that if I get anxious, it it's it heightens the whole. Absolutely. So a non-anxious presence, mm -hmm. and that's what I was used to being. As a chaplain, but see, then I was in control. That's well, right. death was in control, but I was in control as far as this situation. But I wasn't in control. And so well, I we go back to, to yeah, um, that's what we were talking about, not yeah. being in control. Yeah. That's exactly yeah. Where, I, where I was going and, with and, that. And, and that's fair. I mean, I have had, I've had a cop put a gun to my head. I have had, uh, when I was living in a certain neighborhood, in Baltimore, when we were living in projects, I had a brother pull a gun on me. In in New York, I had someone rob me, pulled a gun on me, and I did not have the fear of that. The cop thing I did, but I have never been that out of control, fearful. I mean, it was better than meditation. When that cop put the gun up to my head, colors were brighter. Things were calm, you know what I mean? Because you are focused. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, that's how it was with them. Only the fear was just it overrid, overrode that. And I pray to this day. I say, next time I see y'all, which I will, give me something, or just calm me down, <laughs> or maybe you can tell me you're coming, and then you can see me, my better self, where we could talk. Because this just popping in and out, man. So you still have not gotten to that point where that was my next question. No, Over no, time, no. did any of that fear diminish? Yeah, yeah, it does. Okay, it talk about that. Terror. No, it wasn't the terror, but it was, there's still the fear. If I have to turn, close my blinds or, or whatever, because I feel like I'm being watched. But 100%, it has gone down. Um. But it's still there. It's like it's like it's still it's still there. But what healed it quickly, when I say the therapy probably helped me, but even though like when they start, I think I told you when they stuck a needle in my head um, at one time, that's the only thing I remember them doing that hurt me. Um, but when I looked at my life, how full it was getting, how more human, how more authentic and, and, and having it. It got me that aside from you looking like that, or you looking like a, a, an alligator with these eyes, outside of that, um, they never hurt me. Mm -hmm. They never hurt me. Except that one time when they stuck a needle in my head and I had to ask them the next time. And I can tell you that story. And they listened to me because 10 days later, or a week later when they came, they stuck another needle in my head and it, they, I didn't even feel it. It was like, you know, when a nurse takes your blood and you, you, you don't even feel it. It's like, oh, my, I love that. And uh, yeah, yeah, I love that. But but yeah, uh, uh, and they never really talked. Only the reptilian talked. He said, don't be afraid. But it sounded was like, it telepathically or was it verbally? Yeah, yeah, telepathically. 
felt like I had uh, like speakers in my head. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and they showed me a past life. The gray people did. The white, well, the, 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 those those people. We'll call them they the grays. Me, it sounds yeah, like they, they showed me. A, um, there was a picture of me in a suit that I still have on. That I still have there, three piece suit. After a minute, it was a very nice looking suit. They had me with that on. And then, and I was in a pulpit. It was a big church. And then on this, my right side, there was a picture of, and I just knew it was me as a monk with that little haircut where you got the ball <laughs> there and the bad haircut. And I had, a, 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 you know, the cowl on and a little rope belt. And that answered a lot of questions for me because I was always into religion. Always. You were always. Okay. So this is a a trajectory you were on that in terms of the monotheistic religion. Always. But I got away from it. Christianity, as we know, it didn't work for me anymore. And, you know, I got away from all that. But I want to be clear, I was already on that path. And and I'm saying this for, for Christian folk who either think they're demons or, oh, you see, they took them away from our Lord. No, I was already going away from that. But I still I still use that. I mean, I'm a man of the West. Jesus is my brother. His narrative, that story, it you cannot be in the West and not have it touch you in some ways. I have atheists in my congregation. And, and on every Easter and every Christmas Eve, that church is packed. So there's something in that story that draws you in. But the divisiveness of it, the us versus them of it, uh, of that story, the way it's been handed down, mm-hmm. I'm saved, you're not, uh, Jesus is the only way, that, never, that, that doesn't work for me anymore. Right. And so I had, to, I had to move on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I had to move on. I want to touch on a few more things before we close down for today. Um, I want to talk about people of color that are having encounters and the inhibition. Now, there's inhibition across the board. I don't care what color you are, just by the nature of what we're talking about. But, Michael, you and I both know full well because each of us have had people of color, folk, as we say, loosely, come to us and say, oh, my God, I'm so happy you're talking about this. I never thought blah, blah, blah. Let's talk about let's touch on that. Now, again, it depends on the individual, the context, the culture, the the environment, the church, obviously, I think has played a big role. But what's your sort of uh, what's your consensus on the added inhibition and do you think that's lessened? What what words would you have to speak to our beautiful pe- brown and black people that are listening and watching today? I think that we have to broaden our horizons that that um, everything that you don't understand is not evil or the devil. Um, and that in Aboriginal cultures, whether it was the shaman or, or you know, the, the holy elder or whatever, have had contact with these realities and that we've been fed this story that it's either this or that. And it's either bad or it's good. It's, or, it's either uh, uh, good or it's evil. Life is more complicated than that. And that, you know, the universe is teeming with life. And any God that you can define is not really God. And if you're limiting your God, 
if you're saying that not only is there no one or nobody else out there, but if they are, they're evil. That's it just right. doesn't work that way. Right. And maybe Jesus wants you to go to the therapist. Maybe Jesus wants you to go to a support group. Maybe Jesus wants you. I mean, we can't get in it today, but my books are about Jesus probably being a hybrid. And it doesn't take away from his ministry. Actually, it makes more sense to me. But you just got to, you've got to take that leap. You've got to say, I know this is what I've been taught. And this is strange. But I need to explore this because you'll find a part of yourself, you know, that you want to get to know. Mm-hmm. I, I think. Know, but we've mm-hmm. got to get past this Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Not to not look at his life as an example to live a, of how to live a committed life. Other committed, other ways to do that, but you're limiting yourself to the mysteries, to the fear, to the challenges that will help make you a more integrated person. Uh, I, my, 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 my sister is evangelical. We don't even talk about this. Um, we and she's she's psychic, but I can't even use that word. Are you, Michael? No, I have the no, I no, I have the gift of prophecy. See, you got to say it the right way. Right, I you know, even, I know. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and so it's like, and I do it, okay, but just open up. It's a beautiful world out here. Absolutely, beautifully said. You're bringing up one dimension of a multiple, multi-dimensional level of inhibition. Yep. That what you just described, I think, is less about inhibition and more about not relenting to what you've been taught by any means at all. Not I'm not going to relent on my worldview and what I am convicted by and saved by. Okay, that's that. And I understand what you're saying. Now I want to talk to the I want to speak. I want you to speak to the individuals, because here's what I'm hearing from folks that are reaching out to me. I'm so relieved, Alexis, that you are talking about such things because of the way you look or not because of the way you look, but a person of color speaking about these things. I think people are looking for refuge, actually. I think they're I think at least the people that I'm hearing from, that's not their sticking point. What you just described. I think it exists still. I think what may be happening is the pushback that they're getting from the people who have that view you're talking about, that very, very orthodox view. And they're trying to figure out how to reconcile, integrate. Uh, They've accepted their experiences, many of them, but they're having a problem dealing with one foot in one world, one foot in another. We all are. But we're talking about people of color. What would you say to them from that perspective? I would say that if you can get, um, if you can, if you can find a support group, if you can get around some like-minded people, maybe you could start one. Um, because there's something healing. That's what makes uh, 12 Steps so powerful, because those faces are around you. And there's something healing when you see someone else's face and, and they've shared the same experience. Um, I was, so, and I would say, study, study this as much as you can. Get your books, get, you know, if you can, rent. Just study this phenomenon um, and, 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 and see where it's going to lead you. Follow your spiritual path. You may not, um, you may, you may be going in a totally different direction. And I just want to say this, 
like I said, I hope that answered a little bit. See, the black people and, and, and brown people that I have talked to, they're dealing one world and this world. Not only are, are they dealing with the high strangeness of this, but they're also dealing with the pushback from the community. Somehow you're not black enough. You're not brown enough. That this stuff happens to white people. What are you talking about? I know that's still that's and, hard and, for and me and to that, understand, but I know it's still happening. Yeah. Yeah, and that's mm. and that's the stress. But people have said, to, like they said to you, I turned on Ancient Aliens. I'm so glad. About time they had a little spice on that show. Or <laughs> I, did, I, I saw you speaking at here, and people say, can I still be a Christian and believe in UFOs? Mm. So they're they're they're, they're mm. dealing with not only their community. Mm-hmm. Who, because that's who you go back to in some way, shape, or form, and the high strangeness of what is happening to me. When, when it happened to me, I bought every book I could find on this stuff. And I read and I heard about other people's stories and then I met people. It's like when you open this door, something else comes through. But there's nothing like a group. That's what got me through. I was in a support group for many, many years until it got integrated. And I was in therapy and I was I was gonna be in therapy anyway, but but I also went, you know, for this stuff. Because you can still live a I think a more integrated life after this. But you've gotta allow yourself you gotta walk through the fear. I hate asking these kinds of questions, but I'm gonna put you on the spot and do it anyway. Sure. Blessing or curse? Just one word. Has this been a blessing or a curse? Blessing. No doubt. No doubt. Hear that, everyone. That's exactly why I wanted you to answer that question. I suppose it's subjective in how you look at it. I want to tell you something that a couple of the journeyers commented on. I've been doing quite a few interviews with folks that have been experiencers. And we had uh, a gentleman on named Kevin Briggs who talked about his incredible experiences. And he's had quite quite a different type of experience that he interpreted as very good and welcoming and a very different story. And you know what I got from some of the people? I'm jealous. I'm jealous. Yeah. Now, I don't know whether they're talking. There are a couple of things going on. I, I think I want you to comment on this before we close down, which we're going to do shortly. I got that. There's a trend going on, it seems. Tell me if, you, if, you're seeing, if you're hearing or seeing this, where I'm getting. Now, I, I think what I was hearing, I'm jealous. I don't know whether this has to do with people that have had hellish experiences or that's how they're interpreting them and they wished that they had the quality or kind of experience i shouldn't say quality but the kind of experience that kevin articulated or and or there are a lot of people that have been coming to me michael saying oh they find out what what we do the kind of work we do and the research we do i wish i could be abducted i've had more people say that to me in the last say year than i've ever Mm -hmm. heard before and I wonder where it's coming from. So that jealousy could also be, I want to have an experience like that. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't, I get this strange sense that these people aren't making that statement out of just curiosity. There's a longing to have a deeper and more enriching experience. Speak to that if you would. First of all, have you heard that from people? Oh, yeah. I heard it okay. from a woman who was kind of hostile, though. I was on a panel in Nashville, and this woman, um, well, how come they come to you? How come they don't come to me? I do that, 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 that. And we just kind of dealt with her. Mm-hmm. I think you have to be careful what you ask for, but I think you said the word. 
People are hungry. And they're hungry for a more, more authentic way of being in the world. They want to be feel significant. They want to know that they matter. And you said the word. They're looking to transcend. Now, when I was, you know, we, we do that in our ways. Booze, sex, shopping, whatever. But people are seeing that that's not the way. No. No. And so I, I need something that's going I can hold on to in these times. And I think that um, that's where that is coming from. And I will remind people um, that to, you know, to serve. You, you want to train because, because I, I, people want to have a more spiritual experience. I know people who've had these experiences. They're not particularly spiritual. And I'm talking about in the hackneyed sense of the word. Um, so... You don't want to be giving your power away. Well, they had an experience I didn't. There's something better about them. It's not about that at all. But the thing is, if you want to transcend, just keep saying to yourself, and going, I want to be of service. I want to uh, be on, on the right side of history here. And everything else will come. Mm-hmm. And if it includes yeah. a contact encounter to whatever will, extent. Get, whatever gifts you have will be, will be pulled out of you. Because your intent is um, sincere. Whereas some people want it to happen because it makes us prestige. It's I'm different and you didn't have it. And no. I'm a celebrity onto myself. No, I don't yeah. think that's I mean, where... No, I'm not saying your people. Yeah, people no, no, no. I'm just saying in general. I'm getting the sense, Michael, that the people that at least the, those that I'm interacting with that are saying this, yeah. that hasn't been a ton, but enough for me to take notice that these are individuals that are genuinely longing for a more meaningful experience. Yeah, yeah. Right and now. It, it will come. I promise you that. Well, remember when we started this conversation, what did you say to me? Alexis, you said this to me a year ago that you think that more people are having experiences mm -hmm. than realize maybe that's part of what's going on, that they're starting to peel their own layer of yes. buried um, encounters back. And before well, they get to the point where they realize they are experiencers, they're longing to have an experience as a means to recall an experience I've already had. And, and you've talked about it all the time on your show. You, I'll use the word you use. It's consciousness. Their consciousness is changing. You talk about this all the time. When people say that, they're saying, I'm willing to leave what I have here now for something better, possibly. I want to change my consciousness. Mm -hmm. And again, it can happen from, you know, near-death experiences, out-of-body experiences, because they're all kind of linked and contact experiences. Absolutely. But people are saying, you know, and, and living, my consciousness has changed. Yeah. And so I know it's more to the world than what I'm touching and talking and seeing. And, and that's what they're longing for. And if you really, really want that, it will come. If you really, really want that sincerely, um, because I've always wanted to help. Sometimes I could, you know, I was self-destructive, but ever since I was a kid, I wanted to serve, which is why I said I don't need to be Denzel Washington and an actor anymore. I want to go into this field. Not that there's anything wrong with being Denzel, and I'm sure he helps in his way, but everybody has a different path. 
And I think that drive to say, I want to help my fellow human beings uh, was was part of my contact experience. Well, uh, let me just say this, just to lighten it up a bit. You may not be Denzel Washington, but you are Michael J.S. Carter, starring on the hit, Runaway Hit series. How's that for a segue? Ancient Aliens. Let's use it it. as a segue. Ancient Aliens. I'm so excited. Ancient Aliens. We're partners now. Ancient Aliens, all new episodes, Friday on the History Channel at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 Central, followed by... The proof is out there with yours truly yeah. right next to each other. We are, we, we come on right after uh, Ancient Alien. So I had to get that in. You are yeah. Michael J.S. Carter. Yes, Denzel who? Denzel. <laughs> I'll give him a call later. He's, yeah. He's yeah. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Listen, guys. Okay. Oh, Michael. You went deeper than I could have ever imagined i said a prayer right before you did but i said a prayer even before you and i got on the air so i said two and i had a feeling this was going to go somewhere unexpected so i just want to thank you on behalf of our entire audience for showing us your heart that's not easy but you're 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 real so i'm not surprised but i know that that is uh well it was a very courageous thing to do. So thank you. And know thank that you. it was not in vain. I just love you to pieces for oh, that. And, the, and it's right back at you. I Alexis. know. I know. Is. You're my friend. This yes. is a good man. Yes. My friend. Grateful to have him in my life. So yes. I wanted to say that now let's get to some fun stuff because we got a couple things. We're not done quite yet. You know what's That's coming up. You know what's coming up. We're going over to the after show. Of course, we're going to continue this conversation a little bit longer over on Patreon. So please join us. Would you please join us over on Patreon? You know that there's a there's another uh, motive to my madness. Is what is that the term? Uh, yeah. Method. Method to my madness. Me- method to my madness. Method to my madness because we are in campaign mode. This is a little addition for the quantum healing hypnosis techniques scholarship that we are determined to be able to donate to uh, sometime next year. So everybody that joins Patreon will help us in that regard. Got to get that out there. But you also get a a heck of a lot of stuff, not just one thing with Michael, but two. So we're going over to the after show, we're going to continue this conversation, Lord knows where it could go from here. We've gone pretty deep already. But this is a big but so excited let me get this book hold on let me get this book and show everybody this is a this is a guidebook this was written for you all out there that are having these encounters if you thought our conversation was deep and hopefully healing get this book it will be for you but come on over to patreon because guess what we're kicking off the journeyer book club and i'm so excited michael is the first person to sign up Everybody that comes on over, I believe it is the tier, I don't know if it's a tier two or three level, if you sign, you're going to get a free copy of this book. And we're going to put, we're going to do a book club around this book, a conversation. And then uh, at a date, probably within about 30 days or so, once Mm -hmm. everyone has gotten their copy of the book, Michael is going to join us for an author journeyer chat. Yay. I had to get that. Thank you, Michael. I'm so excited. I'm you the cover now, and I will send you the video. Okay, there we go. It, it'll be an ebook book. version for everybody. So, uh, yeah, come on over. Well, I'm, I think we're gonna 
uh, have the book available by the time you finish listening to this. So you can yes. come on over, sign up, if, unless you're already signed up, because we got qu quite a nice membership uh, shaping up. Get your copy of the book, start reading it. It's not a long read, but I no. know that they're going to get a lot out of it. I certainly have. And, uh, and then we're going to have a chat with Michael, a private chat. Uh, a live Q&A where you can speak to him and ask whatever you will. So whew, I think that's it. Oh, and a couple other things, guys. We got a lot going on. Higherjourneys.com is becoming more robust by the day with content that is relevant to what we're talking about here. Michael, you did an excellent article about a year ago, I think, where yep. you went into detail about how you were healed by ETs. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was written by Michael. That's over on higherjourneys.com. We have another uh, another article that was recently published. It has to do with, get this, Michael, repeating numbers as connected to the contact phenomenon. We didn't have time to get into that, but I'm hearing that a lot from people, a lot of you. People are seeing repeating numbers. We've talked about that many times on Higher Journeys, but specifically as it's connected to the contact phenomenon. What's up with that? It's a great post over there, uh, over at higherjourneys.com. So check that out. See if that resonates with you. Leave some comments. I want to hear. This is an ongoing conversation. Um, all of the, the these areas of high strangeness, we're all trying to connect some dots together. So let's do that. All right, Michael, final thoughts. Oof, again, this was, a, this was a visceral experience for me and you, I know. I just didn't think I would go there. Um, but, you know, it's, it, you know, like you said, you have to say the prayer and you just go where it goes and you yeah. got to trust. And I, like I said, it, it was, it feels good that I did that. I just didn't, um, hmm. I didn't know it was going to go there. Yeah. I'm looking, I'm just sending you, I've got, is this okay? I'm sending you the book. Okay. We'll talk about that offline. We'll talk about that offline. Let's sign off okay. so we can go over to Patreon. We got the door is opening. <laughs> I always do that. I always look <laughs> over here. The door is opening and uh, yeah, that's where we're going. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. That's, uh, I think that's about it. Michael, thank you. Don't hang I, up. We're going to take I'm a little not. break. Then we're going to move on down the road. We're going to move on down, move on down. I'm getting the the, the the thoughts right, but that's not, what is it? Ease on down the ease road. Ease on down, <laughs> ease on down. That's the whiz. Woo. I love You're it. You're going back, baby. You're going back. Ease on down the road. Ease All on right. down the road. Michael J.S. Carter, thank you so much, my dear. It was fun. Love you, journeyers. Hopefully, we'll see you over next door. Thanks, journeyers. Thanks for showing up. Talk to you soon.